This is an ABC News special report. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. I'm Linda Lopez at ABC News headquarters here in New York. We are coming on the air because we have some very sad breaking news. George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st president of the United States, has died at the age of 94. And his death comes just seven months after burying the love of his life, his beloved wife, Barbara. The two were married for more than 73 years. Nation honoring our 41st president all week long, beginning this morning, at the funeral home in Houston, where the president will be escorted, there you see it right there, by his family to Washington for the state funeral. And he will be transported by Air Force One. You see it landed, sent by President Trump last night to bring President Bush back to the Capitol one last time. Devil's Advocate Podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, Mitchell Hernandez, and Franklin Everhart. Frank, have we ever talked about Venezuela on the show? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, we have literally said, I, w- I was thinking back earlier today to how many things that we've promised over the two oh, years. Oh, the topics we would eventually get to? Yeah, that we never we had these, got All to. these lofty dreams in the beginning that just went fucking by yeah. the wayside. Don't hold your breath, people. We're not going to get to it tonight either. So, um, <laughs> so all right. Let's get into uh, some of this stuff. First of all, Mitch is going to be off for, I think, definitely... Well, definitely tonight, because he's not here, yeah. and I'm not waiting on him, and uh, possibly the next episode as well. He's got some, he's got some finals and stuff that he's working on. So we might try to uh, get Jim back in on the next episode, or, or I don't know. Um, we'll figure that out. We'll let you know when we let you know, or you'll just hear it. Or you'll More just likely. hear it. Well, you'll probably read it in the fucking title first, I think. <laughs> um, anyway. So let's get into some stuff, right? The I think the the biggest story of the day, at least the day that we're recording this. On yeah, the, or the the couple of days leading up to it was yeah. the death of George Herbert Walker Bush. Yes, forty um, first president of the United States. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, that's uh, and we we had talked. It wasn't that long ago that Barbara Bush, his wife, passed away. Yeah. Um. Actually, just like three or four months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they followed each other very closely. Yeah. Um, so that's been that's been a a solemn thing on. Yeah, as we as we were recording this, uh, his funeral happened today, I believe. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. And then he's then then they fly back tomorrow Wednesday for um a is it the funeral in Texas? I think I believe so. And then yeah, he's, today he's, being, was the state he's laid funeral. out in the state, I believe, for ten days also. And then I know tomorrow, stock market isn't trading to yeah. honor him. Post office isn't open. Yeah, um, yeah. So now, by the time that this episode is out, that will not be the case. It's, I mean, we've only happen, had but... you know 
45 presidents so it's it's rare when one of them dies yes you know it's a very you know most people probably only experience a handful of them maybe yeah. two, you know so in in the way that we typically do um we memorialize people like that and i think that for the i think it's deserving for the most part um you know we talked when we had the conversation when mccain passed about like where do you everybody has highs and lows so like you, you there should be a balance probably on focus i my personal thought that was that was not my personal opinion on that episode and again i'll express that like i typically would leave the lows for a different day um but you've got something pulled up about some of his accomplishments right i mean he was an accomplishment he only served one term which was from 89 to 80 93 right mm-hmm. before clinton yeah he was um, vice president too yeah but he also he served in world war ii where he was very decorated and actually served in one of the biggest uh in the navy but one of the biggest aerial battles mm-hmm. that took place um i know his boat caught fire and he like survived in the water for until he was rescued and right. had like he's one of, like we don't have presidents lately or not i mean he's kind of fallen by the wayside of presidents who served he was kind of like the last one who had a de- decorated military career his son was you know in the National Guard, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I don't think it really counts. But he's, he's also of he note. He has bone the, spurs. He he didn't have bone spurs. He's also no. the only other president to father a future president. Him and John Adams, who fathered John mm-hmm. Quincy Adams. Yeah. So he does have that distinction, right? Um, I do believe that like he's being. Most of the articles are I've seen have been like, here's all the praise that uh, George Bush should have gotten for Clinton and Reagan's you know accomplishments or whatever or you know or Bush. Right. Uh, Junior's accomplishments, but I think even liberals are tending to um, canonize him or like put him on a pedestal after he dies. We typically do with that with everyone when they die. I, I also think though too, and I'll just be, I'll just be honest from a personal standpoint, and you can be mad at me for my personal feelings, but whatever. Um, to me, George Bush's death, at least in this moment in 2018, signifies what. A politician should be like or what he used to be. Used to be, yeah. Because like um, one of the things he did, like when lo- after he left, him. he worked on a bunch of humanitarian activities with Clinton, mm-hmm. the guy he ran against and lost to. We also it specify was... too because I know that there's a million people. Well, if I had a million people out there, I yeah, you'd be making a lot, a lot more, more fucking money. Um, <laughs> but there are people out there that are really mad that I just glossed over what a president should be. All I mean, I like. Everybody has, again, the highs and lows. Like, yeah, everybody does good things and bad things. I'm not saying that everybody should be like George Bush. Sure, like, there are, there are definite issues that I don't think now is the time for, just out of respect. Um, personally, we can, whatever. But It's not the time to do it. No. I mean, you know, but, yeah. But it's better to – I understand the I, ability to my, – My thought is just that, like, politics is so dirty that, like, whether – a president has made mistakes, whatever. Like that was a it, at least it feels like to me this week that was a different era of politician. One that I personally wouldn't mind going back to quickly. Yeah, and um, it's also hard I think for for people of our particular age to judge because we weren't we were alive. But I mean, speaking for the both of us, we were very young. We don't remember Bush as a no. president. No, we Clinton don't. was the first president we remember vividly. I believe. Like, well, I remember not the, even vividly. Right? I, mean, like, I remember the remember the, 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 remember the scandal. Stuff. Yeah, but, but I, don't, like, I didn't pay attention to politics yeah. in you know middle school. Or I whatever. remember Kosovo. So. Yeah, 
but uh, so I've only I only know the first Bush from history books and mm-hmm. looking back and reading books or you know reading articles and sound bites. Yeah, and sound bites and seeing yeah seeing old clips of him. But you know it's all in retrospect, so it's easy. Right. I think it's easier to judge a president in retrospect because you know the full story. I will say one of the or things more of the full story that I liked that came out of this week that came out of today actually was did you see Bob Dole? Um, saluting stand up and salute oh, like yeah. he was helped up out of his wheelchair so that he could salute him yeah that was a cool moment i saw trump salute him too like there was a mm-hmm. there was a, a lot of honor paid to him and i yeah. i like that even democrats seem to like no one no one really attacked him they were just like you know if a president dies that, well, that is the time to celebrate their they accomplishments. also said too that george w who has taken a big hand in organizing the events for this week has like taken Every, I don't want to say precaution, but every measure to make sure that it doesn't. It's not become, McCain's funeral point two, you know, two point oh. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't become a, an anti. And, and, and let's be let's be honest. McCain wanted his funeral to be a giant middle finger to Trump. He did. Bush didn't want his fathers to be remembered for that. Yeah, his tr- well, McCain knew. I'm sure he when he did that, be, he knew that part of what his legacy is going to be is he's the guy that gave a middle finger to the sitting president <laughs> when he died. Right. Well, and what you to. George Bush Sr. never really had public beef with Donald Trump. He said he wouldn't vote for him. Like he, he but didn't, yeah, we knew he like didn't most like past him. presidents. We Jimmy knew. Carter did the same route. He just, right, he took the high ground, like like a lot of politicians used to do. Where right, just like you don't have to speak on everything. Yeah, and I think that that's yeah. Like he never like he did. There was no mudslinging there. Now that being said, Donald Trump remember did trash the entire Bush legacy throughout. He, Donald Trump pretty much fucking trashes everything he touches. So um, you got to burn the forest down for it to grow anew. Republicans <laughs> get used you. to it. On the Mitch isn't here, so this, yes. this is how this one's gonna go. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know. I just it's it. I like seeing. I, I at least like. That's a glimpse in, into a politics that I miss. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he, like, he, you know, he wasn't a very accomplished man. He was a uh, congress. You know, he was a congressman. He's the ambassador to the United States. He chaired the uh, the RNC for a while. Head of the U.S. Li- liaison office to China. The director of the Cel- Central Intelligence. Vice president for eight years, years before he president. became president. He was a lifelong civil servant. In <laughs> in one respect, like even this, like I am a person who loathes most politicians. But you got to give it to someone who dedicates their whole life to that, you that can, job and that service. You can disagree with somebody politically, but still respect their career. I, yeah, I and, have no doubt that, that he thought he did what he thought he was. He right. did what he thought was right. I or, believe you know. that about his son too. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think his son. I think his son is a little more culpable in some crimes. Maybe. I think. Yeah. At least I mean, because maybe. I lived through it, I saw what I th- thought was more like blatant criminal activity or things that I think the president should be allowed to do. I think that uh I think George W though like actually thought this I think that he thought the end result was going to be worth it. I think he was naive. Yeah. And also I and think, think after 9/11 lot, I, we were in a whole new world with t- you know like I understand that and uh, it's not it's not as black as white as I'm remembering also, it. I'm sure. I don't want to get off on a tangent about W but like I do feel like there were a lot of bad people around him. I think Cheney had too much of a role. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for the new movie coming out, Vice, with uh, Christian Bale starring as Dick Cheney? He looks like him. Uh, Sam Rockwell playing George Bush is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Do we get to see Cheney shoot somebody in the face? I really hope that we get that, you know, 
We deserve that. Yeah. We that's, Quail hunt. That's the hero we deserve. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's it's been an interesting, or it's been a nice. There's been a nice show of respect to him. From it's everyone. nice when not all the news is about Trump, and one of it's just about and, the nation remembering about you know. And Trump one did of our what he should have done. No, what, also like, am I the only George one who Bush. thinks like it? Every time a president dies, it gets me thinking about the next because we have a limited amount of former presidents left to die that yeah. are going to probably die in our lifetime because mm-hmm. we're half a you know yeah. generation younger than them. But like, obviously, Jimmy Carter's probably going to pass within mm-hmm. our lifetime. But also, like Trump, like I do, th- it's not going to be the same when Trump passes. There's going to be yeah, such see, an opposition. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there because I was going to try to keep this one happy. But no, but it makes you think, though. Doesn't I've been, it? like I'll, I've thought about it. Yeah. I think Clinton. I think the. I think Bush Jr. are going to get the. I think even Obama. I think there's going to be some opposition, but he was popular enough with the people. I think there's going to be a lot of celebration about the first black president dying. I don't think Trump's going to get that. I think half of the country will. I think the other half will just not give a crap because. His base is loyal but narrow. Yeah, I mean, unless something changes, popularity can always change, and it, and especially upon reflection, presidents usually get more popular once they left Absolutely. office. Absolutely. I mean, we thought a good example of that is W. Like we thought, especially like as teenagers, I'm sure that you and I were both more liberal than we are today. Oh yeah, um, anarchist almost. Right, and uh, like I thought that he like that was the epitome. Like that was the Strip away your freedoms. He's spying on you know. Like, well, yeah, and like, I thought like, that was like okay. Well, we've hit the low. We're yeah. We're we're lying to start wars and. But I don't want to get into what happened. We'll save that <laughs> for the next segment. So, um, <laughs> because we got there. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's been uh, is it one of the cool things that I saw was they they've been showing a lot of interviews of him with just like different celebrities that he really got along with. He seemed he and Barbara both seemed like well spirited. And that's like, why they I'm like not going to like, people. I don't agree with Jimmy Carter's politics, but you can't d- disagree that him and the Bushes were humanitarians and that they spent a lot of their time. Right. Philith- and yeah. with, like philanthropic. Yeah, endeavors. sure. They like, and you did can- Bush. I, I read something. I, th- I mean, I at least saw something. I haven't verified it, that he shaved his head when he got a letter from like a, a kid with leukemia. I don't know. Like I, 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 I did. I'm surprised see, I wouldn't have heard that before. But. Did Did you speaking of the era of different politics? You that for a while it was circulating the letter that he left for Bill Clinton when Clinton took the White House. America remembers the lasting legacy of President George H. W. Bush. This letter going viral of his message to President Bill Clinton in his first day in office. There's the letter on your screen. It reads, Dear Bill, when I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described. There will be very tough times made even more difficult by criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success now is our country's success. I am rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. And that's and so like I think this like sense of wonder for all the people yelling at their fucking radio still or having turned us off um, because, oh, my God, how could they like this horrible man because we all have fucking opinions. Um, I like funny moments in history. like, And that that is a genuinely cool moment between two people who will be sitting at a desk very few people ever sit at. Yeah. 
Um, and I just did you re- like I, I'm re- in reading this article. Apparently, when Reagan uh, when um, Reagan left a similar note uh, to Bush, I guess is where I got the idea. R- Reagan left it on stationery that uh, was bare, that bare, bore the phrase "Don't let the turkeys get you down." <laughs> nice. <laughs> Save a pretzel for the gas jets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just I just appreciate that. And like I mean, I, you know what I'm alluding to. The, the like Trump is not that, and I miss that. I, miss I, I mean, what, even Obama to an extent, they're, they're, we're getting more divisive as mm-hmm. we go along. Even Bush, you know, and I think, was divisive. I think a big part of it is that I don't think it's necessarily the person. I think it's the the temperature of the of the political culture and the um the people like we don't want to we don't want to hear each other we want to hear ourselves in each other and that's a that's a problem and i hope that that changes We have some breaking news tonight. According to a court filing, special counsel Robert Mueller's office says former Trump campaign chairman Manafort lied to the FBI and to the special counsel in a breach of his plea agreement. And that's according to a filing intended to update the court on Manafort's cooperation. Meanwhile, Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz, who has been an ally of President Trump, predicts the impact of Mueller's report will be, quote, devastating to the president. Special counsel Robert Mueller is recommending no jail time for President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. In court papers, Mueller cited Flynn's, quote, substantial assistance with the Russia investigation after he admitted lying to the FBI. All right. So now, unfortunately, let's fast forward into modern day politics. Um, God, we have a laundry list on this fucking sheet. So... I feel like it's it's a cliche on the show now that we keep saying Trump's had a really bad like couple of weeks or a week, but like it, if you add them all up, it's almost a presidency, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, almost you know? like a pattern here, <laughs> right? Um, where do we begin? You've got a bunch of articles. I've got a bunch of articles. Yeah, uh, I guess with Manafort was the first thing. If we're going chronologically, from yeah, the last thing to happen. I guess that's the best way to play it. Let's, yeah, Manafort let's... repeatedly apparently lied to investigators uh, in breach of the plea deal he had signed. Um, over Shocker. two months ago. Yeah, uh, at least that's what uh, the special counsel Robert <laughs> Mueller is is saying in court. Release. Motherfucker can't help but lie. Like he is literally because the thing is he's he's fucking shooting for a pardon. That's what it is. The problem is when they hit motherfucker for obstruction of justice, he's not going to get a pardon. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But like, dude, this thing is all this is all shit. This whole fucking investigation is shit. Um, I I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> like maybe yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, man. the The Manafort thing just it doesn't surprise me. He has lied literally every step of the way. It almost okay. So I guess what it seems like now is that he was hoping for a lesser sentence from Mueller or a pardon from Trump, and he was working both sides to try to get either one. Yeah. Whichever not, one came first. You're not Whitey Bulger, and even if you were, fucking. Also, they've already caught so many people lying. Why do you think you're going to be the one to get away with it? Right. Like, no, dude. No. So so that is – that's part one of two parts, right? Because The Guardian dropped a fucking article 
that Manafort had met with Julia San- Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy three times. Yeah. Um, before, and not before only that, we're talking during. to Jerome Corsi, I think was his name. Yeah, I think Another so. Another top, you know, a Republican uh, who they were talking, like they had knowledge beforehand that the, the hacks came from WikiLeaks and that they were going to dump it. They're claiming that they just guessed it. And but, don't, the but they have emails, don't they? Wasn't I mean, it? the texts are pretty damning to, to my reading, at least. That yeah, they were explicitly talking about our guy says they're gonna dump. And you know, do you remember how long it was? It was like three hours after the Access Hollywood tape. They started dumping it. It was right. so strategically timed that yeah. when you put it in a timeline, you look at it. If if you were if you were playing Clue and you were asked to guess, you would be like, all right, well, M- Manafort in the ban- mansion yeah. with the fucking, you know. If you lived in St. Louis or America, you'd almost be like, man, wasn't this like the time that they showed that video of Michael Brown robbing that store at the same time that they dropped the name of the cop? Right, like, right. Almost like they were assholes is what they are. Fuck cops. <laughs> that's a, that, I don't want to say that's a common theme, but suck it up, it is. So Manafort, I, I don't know, but he's going to jail, idiot, right? Like idiot number one, yeah. In the list of idiots tonight. Idiot number two would be Cohen. Yeah, I guess if we're going in like if we're going, order. yeah, if we're if we're gonna keep going down the list, yeah. Now he's actually uh, Cohen so, doesn't want to go to jail. That's the real headline here. Yeah, and he seems like he's more. Uh, he like, seems they like, do not. Mueller even said they do not consider Manafort a credible witness. He's no. a liar. Yeah. Whereas they're seeming like Cohen has Cohen has worked more with them and is willing to I think be a more credible witness. My guess, if I'm looking at it from the outside, Cohen's a fucking open book. Like they raided his office, dude. He can't lie about anything. Yeah. So he's so working he, with them. Yeah. So last Thursday he pleaded uh, guilty into lying to Congress. Um. And or I guess it was actually a couple Thursdays ago. And it was actually he said that the uh, the Trump Tower. Um, Oh, the, not the Trump Tower. He, Cohen was saying that the Russian meeting actually went on longer than they said. They said they cut off contact in January 2016. He was saying that they actually went until like the middle of the year. And why that is significant is because that was well after Trump had become the GOP candidate, mm-hmm. which means that it looks like there's a quid pro quo there. Of The idea was they were going to give Putin a $50 million penthouse on a Trump Tower that they were going to be able to build in Russia. Right. And that they lied about when they stopped talking well, about and it. And the whole this whole thing stinks anyway because the the entire story at the beginning of this presidency, air quotes. Uh I can hear the air quotes. Right? I I I know tone inflection. Um the entire story was like I've never had any dealings with Russia. I've never had any dealings with Russia. And now the fucking story is, well, I was running my business while I was doing the campaign. There's a good chance I wasn't going to be president. A, no shit. B, what? Like it might be that like becoming president was the worst thing that ever happened to him. Like he would be richer I, and less I, investigated without it. I would argue, sticking to the Cohen thing, that tweeting is the worst thing that ever happened to him. And here's why: if we jump into the next story real quick, Donald Trump is, at least according to legal experts, not always Trumpers, I'm sure, but according to legal experts, he's really skirting the fucking line of obstructing justice now with yeah with Twitter because what he's doing is he seemingly is. He's not saying it in words. He's not offering up pardons or whatever. But he's trying to guide. The subtext seems clear of yeah. what he's doing. So let's read some tweets that we've gotten in the last. It's actually been the last few days, right? Like it yeah. hasn't even been over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's, it's kind been... of been overshadowed by the death of forty-one. But yeah. yes, um, 
so so here are the tweets in question. Um, Donald Trump tweets, Michael Cohen asked judge for no prison time. You mean he can do all of the terrible unrelated to Trump things having to do with fraud, big loans, taxes, etc., and not serve, serve a long prison term? He makes up stories to get a great and already reduced deal for himself and get his wife and father-in-law who has the money in parentheses off scot-free he lied for this outcome and should in my opinion serve a full and complete sentence he's trying to influence the outcome of this story um what's funny is that he would then turn around and give this man a pardon if he was able to get him a harder harsher sentence and then him what I guess he's oh idea. he's like, not no he's no not, he's not going to but he's like, not pardoning he does not like Cohen and there's a reason he doesn't like Cohen he doesn't Cohen like anybody he's too, ever hired like Cohen knows children. too much and Cohen got raided which means Mueller knows too much he's trying to paint the fucking picture he's been doing it for two years he's are what you he's, taking notes on a criminal conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> what he's what he is doing is he is trying to com- he's convincing the always Trumpers that this is dirty it's not he's dirty and everybody around I'm sure him this is, is dirty, dirty. Um, but that's it, connected to him he always puts in that like oh everything not connected to me it's amazing how many people around you are dirty but you're squeaky clean that tweet actually came today by the way it's Was December it? oh, my 3rd God. at this point yeah I mean and he's been tweeting a lot and because mostly because there's been it's not all horrible news he's actually had a few successes he, him and China agreed to at least a temporary cease, mm-hmm. cease of the tariffs I keep punching this mic's mic stand. <laughs> I'm really bad with this setup in the studio. We talked about this on the last episode. Um, so we got another tweet in in uh, that's being looked at as part of that's the other podcast texting us. <laughs> you can also check that one out on iTunes. That's a body slammed. Although due to our recent technical difficulties, like both shows are not being recorded the way that they are usually recorded so we'll uh you can check out the next episode of body slam to hear that story so <laughs> plugs um <laughs> all right so let's look at this this next tweet that uh that is being called into question as far as this whole theory of obstruction of justice um it's about roger stone i will not ne- i in quotes donald trump tweets i will never testify against trump end quote This statement was recently made by Roger Stone, essentially stating that he will not be forced by a rogue and out-of-control prosecutor to make up lies and stories about President Trump, for some reason, in quotes. Um, President Trump is in quotes? President Trump is in quotes. I mean, I put it in quotes, but that's how I I find it hilarious. (laughs) Right. Nice. Is he going senile? (laughs) He is going. He he knows he's the president, right? He was, you know, he's a uh, birther, right? Like, I don't know if going senile is. Have you seen his? Like, shave your head, dude, you fucker. <laughs> anyway, to finish that tweet, nice to know that some people still have guts. Also, in quotes, guts is in quotes. I balls, I guess. Is that what he's trying to say? Why would he pull his punches there? <laughs> yeah, right. the random. Like, I'm wondering because, like, I read something uh, that, like, you know, because his his Twitter is half him, half his staff. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who are just dedicated to finding out the difference. Did it come from an iPhone? Did it come from, you know, and they, they look at the sentence structure and they look at the fact that the, one of the hallmarks is the random capitalization, the random quotation marks. Yeah. Like his grammar is very odd and very peculiar yeah. and it's easy to. Like he's on cocaine. Oh, um, yeah. 
to finish up the to to finish up the tweet storm on December third, um, Bob Mueller, who is a much different man than people think in parentheses, and is out of control, and his out of control band of angry Dem- Democrats capitalized don't want the don't want the truth. They only want lies. The truth is very bad for their mission. Exclamation point. Um. Nah. Yeah. The I, the point is and and I think what like the point that I was making anyway is if you just if you look at that series of tweets that all came within a hour two days of each other? No, it's not even. They're all on No, they all came in the same 2 minutes. So, um He's trying. He's trying to write the narrative. That's what he's been doing for the I mean, entire. That's what, time. I mean, every president does, but that's what tw- Trump's Twitter is. It is him trying to. The problem. Is I mean, the, the problem is no one. The problem is that he's a fucking liar. So, and he's an obvious liar. And we can go back to what we started the podcast off saying: if he's not lying, if he is clean, if they're all clean, they are the shittiest fucking people to be handling their own situation because they just like, come on, I'm. Let's not play. This is dirty as fuck. So, getting back to Dirty Flynn, the ousted Flynn, as uh, yeah, back in the news. He uh, actually very recently, as we <laughs> recorded this breaking news, uh, mm-hmm. was that uh, you heard it here first. Probably not. <laughs> no, based but, on editing time. Yeah, Mueller apparently recommended no prison sentence to, for Flynn, uh, saying that he has given uh, quote substantial assistance unquote to the special counsel. Which again does not bode well for Trump. Everyone no. who has Anybody... worked for the Trump, the company is either left and wrote a tell-all book, or is now testifying or looking at plea and deals or anybody, lying for him. Anybody that's talking to, anybody that's working with, or that the that the special counsel is saying, we like this guy. That's not good for Trump. Manafort might think he's getting pardoned, and Trump might think he's going to pardon Manafort. But if I'm a betting man. The district attorney or whoever the fuck in New York State also has something on Manafort. Like, I don't think that these guys are stupid enough to not dot their I's and cross their T's. I think that if they want Manafort and they think that Donald Trump is going to pardon him, they've got him tied up in a state court where they where he can't pardon them. Yeah. So, um, that I mean, that's. I my... mean, it seems like Mueller is like we we have to speculate because we've heard nothing from him personally, but if, like. Looking at the evidence, it does seem like he's laying out the narrative in court cases. So, in case he's ever tried to, like, the investigation's ever shut down, there's enough out there that people can follow the breadcrumbs and put it together. Right. He's playing the game smarter than the people who are breaking the law. And, yeah. And, which makes sense for a guy who's well, been used to doing this. I don't know how many. You know. I don't know how many times that I've that I've said it on this show, but. I'm going to say it again for everybody who has ever surrounded themselves by Donald Trump, Flynn, um, Manafort, like Cohen. Yeah, like the FBI isn't asking you fucking questions they don't know the answer to. Straight up, like the reason, and they know the answers because they like because they've already interviewed a million other people and a million other yeah. people I mean, have given Flynn, them enough pieces to go this is probably what happened yeah Flynn sat for 19 interviews apparently with the special counsel which is you know one of the reasons they're not recommending jail time right that's a lot of hours to sit there and ask questions and get a full story and you know how much research they've done so when they walk into those interviews they're prepared mm-hmm. they only need the couple of puzzle pieces put into place or something cor- corroborated you know 
Yeah. It's it's you know once you have this many people at this point it's four or five people who are giving them pieces to various and like some of it's Russia related some of it's campaign related some of it's you know uh, financial related you mm-hmm. know to just Trump himself. Yeah. It's not it's not looking good. No. It's hard to see this all adding up to him not being fucked at some point. Yeah. And and maybe I don't know. Maybe the end game isn't impeachment because I think that well, the, no, but I think at this point, like I think it's, everyone around you is going to fall. Your presidency is going to be a lame duck, and unless you win a second term and turn it around, yeah. But I think that's the goal there. I don't think the goal is to like get him on anything. I think that like the idea here is give the show the American people enough of the truth that they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. That, and then 2020 goes differently. Mm-hmm. That even the GOP won't. I mean, that would be an interesting scenario if the GOP nominates someone and he runs on an independent. I don't ticket. think that. It, well, I don't think the GOP has the balls to do it because you the GOP they're, they're in his pocket right now. They, like the decision, well, I mean, look at Flake, which is our next actual segment. Yeah. You know, like most of them are. I agree, but like every once in a while, you get one who, like uh, McCain, before he had passed, yeah, was just a thorn in the paw of this line of a president. Yeah, and and Jeff Flake is a good yeah Jeff Flake. Um, I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the last episode, but he had made the he had basically said like for the rest of the the current congressional term until January, he is not voting on to confirm any of the judges that the Senate would confirm. Um, which means that they could only lose one more vote. And the problem with that is they want to put through some controversial people and they know they're going to lose those votes. So they need Jeff Flake's vote. And he has said that he won't do that unless they um, vote on a bill to protect Bob Mueller. From Whitaker and Trump, essentially, right? Right. Just protect him, I guess, in general. Here's the problem that I have. Um, so now in the last couple of days, it's been in the news that Jeff Flake might be getting his way. Yeah, and he says he said today, actually, that he believes that uh, he has enough votes to bring it up for a vote. Like, there are enough support to bring it up to a vote, and then he can pass it. I don't uh, – my bet is that he can't pass it. He I just, just, he, here's, he really here's wants the thing. Votes. Here's I the thing. Either, but. I hope that he can pass it because I think that would be the best thing for – the country is that that's protected. That was my big issue. I hate Jeff Sessions. I hated being the only guy on the show that had to sit here and be like, "Yeah, but I don't want him to leave because We're I don't want Whitaker, right? You know, or, I don't want this whoever, fucked up." Yeah. Um, now there is. I do have a little like there is a little shred of hope in me. I know what Whitaker said publicly, and we talked about it last on the last episode. But I think also he's smart enough. It seems There's to realize l- that he can't outwardly do anything that'll lead to criminal. Charges. There is a lot of people that Trump appointed that have done their jobs and not done. Well, I what- think there's a, yeah a lot of people get in the office and they're just like, well, no, I'm not doing that. Fire me or whatever, but I'm not going to jail for you. And right. There's, there's obvious things you cannot do. Yeah. And we'll actually circle Especially, back to that loyalty in just a second. But while we're on the subject of um, of senators fucking being not totally on board with Donald Trump, do you want to talk Bob Corker real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So this is this doesn't have to do with the Russian thing. We'll get back to that in a second. But yeah, but on, the, all the, the other story we've been following of. Uh, Within the last month, two months? Yeah, is the... Jamal Khashoggi? Right, which is significant, especially in the Trump era, because of 
Trump's disdain for the media. Like we have a journalist who was journalist who worked for the Washington Post. Right. Some of the people who've broke you know who was an American citizen, yeah, right? They get a Pulitzer last year for their investigation into yeah. Russia, you know. So obviously twenty sixteen. We've done the Khashoggi story a couple of times. Well, let's take a listen to Bob Corker because I, I think I think it's important to know that I honestly believe Congress stands a little bit apart from um from the administration on this one. So let's take a listen and we can discuss. I have zero question in my mind that the uh, Crown Prince, MBS, ordered the killing, monitored the killing, uh, knew exactly what was happening, planned it in advance. If he was in front of a jury, he would be convicted in 30 minutes uh, uh, guilty. Um, So uh, the question is, what do we do about that? so far, um, it's unfortunate, but I think they, they feel like this is something that's coming past because uh, the administration has not spoken to this in a way that uh, it has spoken to it in a manner that really uh, gives them immunity. And so what the message is to him and those around him is that you can go around killing journalists. Uh, countries like the United States can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you killed a journalist. And by the way, they've, as you know, renditioned other people and tortured other people that have been their dissidents. Um, so the message we've sent to them is, uh, is one that uh, will cause him to continue on the path that he's on. And I'm sure other actors in the region uh, will take note of that. So somehow or another, it's unfortunate. And again, I'm continuing to urge the administration uh, to themselves speak to this in the appropriate manner. Okay, so first of all, like I think, again, I think it's good that we have... Bob Corker is not the only congressman that has come out and sa- and basically said, like, dude, you guys are giving him a pass. What the fuck are you doing? Um, I So in the same way that I hope Jeff Flake is successful, like, I actually do hope Congress does something about this, because there's a really fucking bad precedent to set, to set that we're just going to look the other way. I mean, I know, like, Mitch had made the point that, you know, what are you, like, what are we going to do? Hurt our business ties? Like, again, and again, I'm going to make the point that, and I know, like, a lot of times on the show, the moral high ground is made into a punchline, but I think sometimes... Like, you do have to make statements. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I would The Bushes probably don't want the Trumps at the fucking wedding, or at the funeral. Um, make concessions, yeah. But you make, a, you make a statement, because we're bigger than this. Yeah. It's also the kind of thing that we're just, it makes us look so weak on the world stage that, like, why why wouldn't Russia try this, or, or right. China, or any other country? Well, and that- there's been, there were other instances where... Uh, he tried the crown prince. There, there was a report I was listening to on NPR today where they were talking about earlier this year or maybe last year, the crown prince tried to get another journalist to visit the Saudi embassy in Canada. Like, would that have happened there? Like, how far into the West can this go before we give a shit? Like, right. I don't know. It's just a bit. It also feels like a, there, there should be another country talking about this, which is Turkey. Like, yeah. it happened in their fucking country. Yeah. You know, on, yeah, maybe in an embassy, but still, you know. Yeah, it was their embassy, right? 
Or no, no it, it was, was the Saudi, Saudi embassy yeah. in Turkey. Yeah. So technically, it's Saudi land, I guess, is the way it works. But, it's, you know, like, if that's if they came here and used their embassy to murder someone. You, right. Of course you don't do that. Or, or something has to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, you know, I just... I just when it, it was comes, such an interesting curveball of a story to come out of nowhere, yeah. like that is playing a part in everything. And now, like, and the reason I bring it up is because I do think it is an example of where the because you had said, you know, do you think that when it comes to like the Mueller thing, do you think that the the or do you, when it comes to twenty twenty, is the GOP going to pick somebody else or are they going to back him? And the reason that I think they're going to back him is because of reasons like the fact that right now, before the end of the congressional term for the for the House, they are subpoenaing James Comey to come in and answer a bunch of fucking questions and like it's a game we've and seen it a million there was a whole battle times. he did over like he, he did wanted it to be public because he didn't want them to mm-hmm. leak it or make him look bad by leaking so, like, how many how many hours of fucking testimony did he give i know it was a lot because i know i highlighted every fucking yeah. line in it um look like you were holding a screenplay yeah didn't it <laughs> it did i sh- if only i had the rights if only I had the rights. Someone will make that movie. Come right. on, Robert Redford. Yeah, but it oh, won't be dead. me. So Shit. Fuck it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, uh, I I think the GOP is, as far as, like, the, I don't think all of the, I don't think all Republicans are on board with Donald Trump. I, and one, I'm curious, if his popularity stays the way it is when we roll around to 2020 and it's time to actually... I'm wondering how many campaign strategists are going to look at that or statisticians they hire and just say there's no way. Right. With this support and that we that you we, you, you can track over 4 years, you won't win. No. Well, and I was man. reading I was reading something about that yesterday. Um I can't remember which publication it was. It was a conservative site, but the but the article was basically had said that like look, Trump's base is really loyal. They're not really big, and if he wants to win I mean, again— they're, they're really big, but not enough to win a presidential election big. No. In terms of numbers, it's an impressive group of people, but when you need the majority of the, the right. country behind big you— Big enough to win an election against Hillary Clinton, parentheses. Possibly with, not Biden or, or With Vito. Putin's help. <laughs> um, but, or Assange, you know. Right. Knows. So, you know— I don't know. I, I think that like I think that there is a point to be made that he does need to bring more people in. I think that you know we've always put a heavy emphasis on independence on the show, and I do think that while there are certain things that Trump does that independents can get on board with, I think that independents are in the same way that liberals get a bad taste in their mouth from things that he do i think does the, i think that independents probably do as well or they start thinking can we get these things without the the tweeting that comes along with it or the yeah. uh, the the constant stream of self-inflicted wounds yeah so i don't know we we will see um robert redford is still alive also i i, I, I looked <laughs> it up i was wrong you killed him on the show We begin with a major decision by General Motors to cut jobs and close some of its plants. The carmaker announced today it is shutting down at least five facilities by 2019. They are located in Detroit, Warren, Ohio, White Marsh, Maryland, Warren, Michigan, and Oshawa in Ontario, Canada. 
GM says it is seeking to cut its salaried staff by 15 percent. More than 14,000 workers could lose their jobs. One month after the election, a congressional race in North Carolina could be headed for a do-over amid allegations of election fraud. Tonight, Democrat Dan McCready, who conceded the November 6th election to his Republican opponent, withdrew that concession amid charges his defeat was because of fraud. I didn't serve overseas in the Marine Corps just to come back home and watch politicians and career criminals attack our democracy. All right, so let's get into the rest of the week, yeah? Um, one of the big stories, I actually kind of wish that Mitch was here for this one because I would like to hear his argument. So just a precursor to this segment, this might very well get brought up on the next episode that Mitch is here um, because I would like, like, because I want to... Yeah, kind of curious I, what he would think. I have, like, I have a feeling we wouldn't agree on some points I'm going to make this by the way this, like if you haven't noticed it at this point this, this is Frank and I on this episode so like this is going to be a very heavy fuck Trump fuck Republicans <laughs> episode um, but you guys keep fucking up so sorry um, GM says F you to the US the what is it how many jobs are we losing Uh. Uh, fourteen thousand seven hundred seven hundred fifteen percent of its salaried workforce. Yeah, um, and they're citing the fact that they're gonna get hit with one point five billion dollars in taxes, um, because of the aluminum and steel tariffs. Um, now this is actually after I don't know if you remember January twenty seventeen when Trump took over, um. They announced plans to invest $1 billion in manufacturing and add or keep 7,000 jobs, he, and then Trump he, thanked them. He told them not to leave. He yeah. said, don't leave because we're going We're going to open. We're going to do so well for you that you're going to open more plants in the United States. And now they're closing a shit ton. Which, and granted, like this is, you could, you, I'm sure maybe, I, I don't know what Mitch would say, but I think one of the points that I've heard Republicans making is like, well, Trump is making headway with China right now. They're agreeing to uh, 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 to stall the tariffs right now until they agree to a deal. So if that does come apart and like we get a better deal out of it, it could be that like that's better for GM. But at this point, they've already closed. I don't think they're going to change the fact of the matter. They've already lost their jobs, right? Know? And they're they're cutting uh, six point five billion dollars in workforce by the end of the year, which is in three weeks. So whatever hasn't closed is going to um yeah so it's not like even if even if we make headway with china if that's the argument it's too little too late at this point for those people yeah and one the other thing being that uh you know they used a lot of the money they got from the court the uh the, the tax cut which they you know giant companies like gm benefited greatly from they used most of that money on stock buyback options which mostly only benefited their wealthiest investors and their CE top CEOs. Right. And then they cut, you know, almost 15,000 jobs. So it doesn't look great that like one of the shining example like it's you could argue the tax cuts not doing its intended purpose that they're they're <gasps> no. But the thing I th- well, Who would have th- thought that was going to happen? The thing I was saying is, is you need over you you need oversight because people are greedy. Yeah. 
yeah, no. companies that you know only care about the bottom line. No, you would have thought that. You had that argument. I re- <laughs> I remember that episode and very much being like, I'm gonna stay in the middle of this. I, I feel no, this like, is only I one feel- case of it. Like, you, this is not indicative of, the, of every company out there. You, you know, if more companies are adding jobs yeah, than I one company losing jobs, that's fair. But I think that more people are on board with, are feeling the the way that you saw it playing out more than the opposite. So I I don't know. Um, so yeah, that sucks. That's kind of shitty for the for the economy. Um, and and for those people, yeah, you know? it really does suck for a lot of you know automotive work in the United States used to be the backbone of our economy for the longest time, for you know the first half of the twentieth century, right? Even into the, you know, and then it just in the second half kind well, of died I, off. I and think now it's my, almost all but gone. My biggest beef with the whole thing is that like, I feel like there's a group of people that give Trump a lot of credit for the economy and overlook the promises that he made that he hasn't coal was supposed to be back right yeah and, like, and that was and we even talked about it at the time that's right. that's a shit promise nicole's never going to be back because right. there's too many fundamental supposed problems to be with coal. Op- opening more more manufacturing jobs and we're losing manufacturing jobs and uh and they kind of eased off the economy a little bit because it hasn't it's it's it like went up a little bit but then it tanked again mm-hmm. and it's been a kind of a rough ride this year of not and I know there's a lot of talk about are we heading for the next recession or the next bubble to burst, and we'll have to see. But it just seems like the economy was the one thing they had going for them, and now that they're about to lose control of one chamber of the of the government, they don't have even that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, let's move on into more into some more. I guess this we'll jump back into American politics. What the fuck, North Carolina? So yeah, well, how long has it been since the election? Uh, the, at the this night point, we, it's been almost a month. Almost a month, and we have one race still yet to be called. It was called, and then the AP, uh, and then five thirty eight rescinded their call for it because mm. of uh, voter fraud or election fraud. I yeah, guess they won't. They won't. Uh, the governor wouldn't certify. Yeah. So the I guess the idea result. is uh, in North Carolina, two women at this point have come forward to say that they were paid. Between seventy five and one hundred dollars per ballot to go pick up absentee ballots and turn them into, um, uh, oh, what is his name, Leslie McCraw Dallas, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he worked for a Republican candidate, Mark Harris, um, who was narrowly like certified as the winner until this, by, this all came out by nine hundred votes. Or, yeah, was it nine hundred, seven hundred, yeah. something like that. Um, Very small margin. The thing, too, that makes this even worse is that, first of all, in North Carolina, what they did was called harvesting um, harvesting ballots, which in some states is okay. Um, is that when you send uh, registration via first-class email and if it gets returned, you have a list of poor people that you can target? Well, what harvesting actually is is just like picking up somebody's ballot and taking it to where it needs to go because you're transferring like that's their personal property and that like that's not supposed to be in the hands of we're not supposed to be sharing ballots that's kind of the you're not supposed to pick them up no like they're mail-in for a reason absentee ballots are supposed to be mailed in so the problem was though that people were going around picking up these absentee ballots and um, giving them to someone who wanted the Republican to win. Well, and people, the people that, the vote, the voters in some cases were telling the people that were picking up the ballots from them that, 
I don't. I only have filled out a couple of these, and they the response they were getting was, "Well, we'll take them and we'll fill them out the rest of the way for you," and that's highly illegal. Yeah. Um. So if that's the case, then like, plus we have another problem here. When you have these are mail in ballots, right? So you know how many went out when people are requesting. Sixty percent of them haven't been turned in. Uh, actually, as of today, as of like two hours ago, CNN is reporting that. Um, the infra- election fraud investigation in North Carolina congressional race, uh, the man at the center of it, this Leslie McCraw Dallas, turned in nearly half of the absentee uh, ballots in a single county, according to records they've reviewed. So he did turn them in. Now, did they haven't said if he tampered with them or if he changed something or if he, you know, only turned in the ones so that So he favored. turned them in today. Or, yeah. Or, okay. no, no. He got... he. Uh, is it that he turned in 50% altogether? Because that's what I was hearing, was that, like, okay, let's say, you know, a, a thousand they went say out. Hundreds is what they're claiming, that this man turned in hundreds of absentee requests, which if it, if he collected thousands and hundreds were for his guy, it would make sense he would turn in those. Mm-hmm. But that should set off alarm bells that anybody's turning in a, uh, absentee ballots. You yeah. don't do that. You mail them in. Right. That's why they're you get them. That's why they're, they're fucking made for that purpose. Right. Yeah, and and it is again, but what but harvesting ballots is illegal on the books in North Carolina. So there's we're gonna see some problems here. Yeah, um, I'm I'm curious how long it will take to certify. There are a couple of options. They can request another election. They can. I mean, there's like three or four ways they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it depends on what they find, how many votes were swayed. But if if someone won with less than 900, and you're calling into question hundreds of those votes. It's hard not to see. We're not going to have to redo this one. Yeah, yeah. That's also curious that the people, the president, our, our lovely POTUS, who loves to claim voter fraud when there is none, hasn't lovely. said a fucking peep is about this. Is that the adjective tonight? Yes. <laughs> oh, that was in air quotes. I'm not as good at inflection <laughs> as you are. Yeah, he's he's not saying a word about no, this. No, none one. of them are because it makes them look horrible because it's one of their own, uh, essentially trying to rig an election. Like it's it's. it's <gasps> no. Yeah. Like gerrymandering, it wasn't enough, and you know, like just holding up, uh, holding up the voting rights of you know the majority of your black citizens wasn't enough in some states we've seen. Like you actually have to, like this is stuff ballot stuffing. This is the thing that they like. Yeah. The GOP loves to talk about, and there's never been a proving like right. How ironic, right? That like the entire the entire fake voter fraud bullshit. Like at least in the last couple, you know, not that there hasn't been voter fraud in America. Go back to the twenties, and there was widespread corruption. But in the last twenty years, we haven't really had any cases. Fifty years, really? Yeah, yeah. Like there have been like fucking ten cases of it, and most of them were mistakes. And like the one woman who did it intentionally was arrested. Right. Yeah. So like it's it's not a real thing unless people apparently are rigging. Like this is like, and they when I was listening to uh, I was listening to NPR today, they were talking about this, and like they were make they. Pointing out and heavily the distinction between voter fraud and election fraud. Like this is not something where the voters are being called into question. This is the system that yeah. Someone it, went in and tried to corrupt either the machines or right. the ballots themselves. Which in this case it was the paper, right? Which is even scarier because like I'm glad there are records of it. Apparently enough that this uh, over you know review board can, can mm-hmm. find traces can find that this one man turned in yeah apparently someone took his name or there's some kind of process to do that right 
So yeah, but yeah, like it's it'll be. I'm curious how it came up. I'm curious if it was citizens reporting like someone's picking up absentee ballots. Well, and that's how it got going. I think that that's what or if it, it's the two women who were paid to do it who came forward first. I think that that's what it was. I, but I think they came forward to like the. I see. I heard they were like was, they they uncertified it because the AP said there was election fraud, election fraud uh, like possibilities. Yeah. And then the first woman came forward and then the second woman. Yeah, the the way that I heard it too was it sounded like it sounded like uh mumbling. Like it sounded like people were just like it was a word of mouth thing and people were kind of talking about it and then somebody came out and they were like, "Okay, which well, is completely not. yeah, in this day and age all it takes is a couple people on Twitter saying something and then someone catching that being like, "That's highly illegal. I'm mm-hmm. going to investigate that." Yeah. And don't just don't try to do stupid shit, people. Yeah. So, before we get into the story that I think we're both going to get fucking pissy about, let's jump to the future of politics, right? Let's look to the future and see how we fix Wait, this Wait, what shit. did your favorite candidate Joe Biden say recently? <laughs> right. <laughs> Blowing smoke up his own ass. Uh, yeah, so Joe Biden said today that he believes that he is the most qualified person to um, to be president. And which, like, let's... Well, quickly, let's talk about Congress for a second, because Joe, what Joe Biden said kind of also goes to what Nancy Pelosi said. Nancy Pelosi, we talked about on the last episode, and we've talked about her since we've been talking about the midterms, but she won re-election, and she is now, now the Democrats have the um, the majority again in the House. Come January. Yeah. Come January, they need a speaker, so they have she to elect is, someone. Yep. She came out also and said, I'm the most qualified person, which, I mean, she is the person if who's there. If you're basing there, on years and, like, technically, right. technically, like, technically Joe Biden is, he was right there most recently. Yeah. If anybody on the Democratic side knows what it's like to be in that right. chair, it probably is Joe Biden. So when we're looking to the future of the Democrats, uh, because that's kind of what I want to pay attention to, um, because I don't know what the future of the fucking Republicans are. Post-Trump, I don't know what happens to Republicans. Because, like, you can't really talk anymore without being a hypocrite. And I mean, you can try to go back to the way things were, but that's going to be a weird shift yeah. from the, the bad boy to right. the... Well, Although, I mean, maybe a, not, because yeah. Americans... Who, who knows anymore? Americans' attention span is that of a goldfish, so, like, we'll fucking forget in a second that he grabbed her by the pussy and we'll just elect him president. Um, but... The I'm surprised every time we don't say that we say that phrase grab by the pussy there isn't an email dump from WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 3 minutes later. Um but so the so there was some talk amongst like the freshman class especially when they were being when they were running um in the midterms that like that the old the old school the was, old guard is dead yeah right? and and they were going they made it seem like they were going to elect um or that they were going to appoint somebody else as speaker of the house on the last episode i made my argument for why i thought nancy pelosi should be in that position which kind of pains me to say because i'm not a huge fan of nancy pelosi but, nor am i but. but my point is who else like, I mean, I thought there were a couple other uh, – oh, what was her name? And I forget her name all the time because it only comes up when it's in opposition to Nancy Pelosi. But, uh, <clears throat> like, there, yeah, there was a little bit of grumbling that she was going to face some opposition, and then uh, almost immediately they all crumbled and fell in line. Right. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if that means 
my thought the, it, it, my thought the is, nepotism runs deep or maybe like the they're so the solidifying power now that they have it and they're like all right we have to have a game plan in place we're going with our chief quarterbacks who've yeah. carried us so far i hope i i want to point out too i made the point in the last episode that like every time i kick the mic or punch the mic that is your cue to drink and if you're not then you're not playing the game right so but if you're in the car like mm, 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 mm. all right so <laughs> we can't advocate that right um and we wouldn't advocate that. <laughs> don't don't be a dick. Um, so yeah, they did. They it seems now it's unofficial. They haven't made the final vote. They she doesn't have the gavel yet. Um, but it, it seems an awful lot like Kavanaugh near the end, where like we kind of we see how this is gonna play out. She's yeah. gonna get. She's Which, gonna be the ma- again the majority. Spe- you know. uh, again, I will make the same point I made last time that like, just from what I see. I feel most comfortable with her being there because, again, to me, she represents that old school. You know I, what you're getting, right? I know what not to say. And yeah. I like a politician who knows what not to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I like a politician who has more genuine facial expressions. Her and it's Schumer. the Botox, dude. No, it's her and Schumer just don't like. I think that's the training. You tra- you're you trained never to Law look school. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Going back to presidential nominees, yeah, 2020, yeah, 2020, Biden being the most obvious that people were pointing out. The other one is, uh, ironically, because he just lost to Cruz, the man that was beatable. Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, Beto. Is it Beto? Be- I call it Beto. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Beto sounds funnier, so. Um, I like him. I think he's got charisma. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you could do worse as a Democratic, he's a little young, but I think that's also <laughs> like it might be something we need in politicians. Yeah. We, we, you, someone pointed out um, in an article or a book I was reading that we set a lower limit on presence. You had to be 35. You had to be so smart, so world-traveled or whatever, mm-hmm. so seasoned. We never set an upper limit because back then people died at 50, 60. Right. So if you made it to 60 and you were president, you were considered hardy and, you know— but now presidents live to be 80 and, and dementia is a thing. And nice. cognitive function, you know, dissipates at an alarming rate when you get older. Yeah. So it might be time to have a debate about, like, all right, what's the maximum age a president can be? Yeah. Like, you know when they don't know that they're bald, that, like, there's a problem, you know? <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I the, So when we talked about – we've talked about a lot over the course of the show – the 2020 because we know that like there's always a build-up the show's about fucking politics so there's always going to be uh yeah. oh, we'll see how it goes there's a four-year build-up with a two-year uh semi-payoff with right. the, every midterm yeah so like we know what we're building to in in this case um and for a long time at the start of the show, I really liked Cory Booker. Very quickly, that changed because Cory Booker. I think he got out there too fast. Like he started to want to. Like he started to put his foot, dip his toe in the fucking water. But he he dived in. He, he, yeah. Versus like, like people like Kamala Harris, you can see her testing the waters, but still isn't committed yet. Yeah. Because she still got time. Booker too should realize that they're young. You know, if you can get elected at sixty years old, but I you, also you, you can I'm, not. You could not go for the next couple and still be president. Well, and I'm not I'm not a fan of the far left, and I feel like they represent the far left. So, like, to me, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, I guess that's probably, too, why I feel more comfortable with Nancy Pelosi in that position, because I don't feel like, like, because Nancy Pelosi isn't that, she's, she is that moderate 
Democrat. And I I know that I'm a moderate because fucking my far left friends think that I'm a fucking asshole and my conservative friends think that I'm Karl Marx. So like I know that I fall in the middle somewhere, but um I don't know. I I guess that I just Beto or Beto or whatever, O'Rourke, he is he far left like does he strike his charisma gets me so like i yeah i mean I'm policy honest, wise i'm, I'm not i'm not very fairly familiar. progressive yeah yeah um he's more measured in his progressiveness though really like, a progressive got that far in texas i mean that's i mean that a democrat that got i mean he's I'm progressive to me to like i think he's more middle of the road democrats but he has at least the way he speaks he's a very yeah i see but as far but i you know what i like i i've told you too I would vote for Biden up against Trump. And I actually think that I would vote for Biden, a Republican. I actually, I like Joe Biden. I've always liked Joe Biden. So I would probably vote for Joe Biden unless I saw a Republican who like really, really impressed me. Now, if Joe Biden would have ran, if the, if this would have been the conversation that we were having in 2016. We were talking about Joe Biden versus like Marco Rubio at the time. I would have probably voted for Marco Rubio because I really liked Marco Rubio. The tiny hands thing pissed me off. Like, and it wasn't that he brought up the tiny hands because I've used that punchline way to death (laughs) on the show. Um, It was the fact that like he decided that he was going to take on Trump for half a fucking second. And then he stopped and like, Everything fucking crumbled from that point. Nobody could stop Trump because the only people that tried pushed out and, and didn't go all the way through with it. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like Marco Rubio just says whatever he needs to say for the cameras. And so I've lost a lot of respect for him. So I don't know what Republican in 2020, if Biden was running, whatever universe you want to put it in like obviously trump is the candidate but if you put somebody else up against him i don't know who i would vote for i also have a bad taste in my mouth over donald trump republicans so you know democrats might be getting me on this one but um that's not a shocker to a lot of people i don't think no i doubt it (laughs) i'm not like just wait though like because biden gets elected president and you're gonna be and like liberals listening to this are gonna be like that fucking republican prick like i promise you i just i really don't like trump (laughs) so um and that's fair and if you think that that's not fuck yourself so i'm just ooh losing losing people (laughs) um do you want to get into the bad one now yeah, we probably we w- should. We won't finish with it, but I guess we might as well talk about it. And touch for, on it. Yeah. This so, asshole. So today, uh, well, not today, but within the last 48 hours, the trial has started for... Um, uh, James A. Fields Jr. Who is the... Asshole. Yeah. He's the, yeah. He's the murder. The guy who murdered... Uh, the woman in, in ran a car in the crowd at Charlottesville. Yes. And claimed he did it because it was self-defense, that he thought they were coming after him. Um, so, yeah, the newest thing that came out is that they uh, the cops did testify that he, upon being told during interrogation that he had, he had killed someone, that he started crying and became hysterical for like two minutes. And then, uh, but then they also have texts from him telling his mom which he told him to be careful, you know, he said, I'm going to Charlottesville, she said, be careful, he responded with, uh, 
we're not the ones that need to be careful in a picture of Hitler. So I, it's hard to feel sympathy for anybody like that. Like I say publicly hang him. Like, yeah, it's, we know he did it, right? Like, fuck him. I mean, what do you think about the defense of, I thought they were, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought they were coming after me, I feared for my life. Fuck you. That's what I think. That's what I think about this whole thing. You were in a and car. Like, you you wanted to fucking sit there like a macho little fucking racist prick with your, oh, we're not the ones that need to be careful in your fucking picture of Hitler. And then you want to cry <coughs> like a little pussy when you fucking killed. You killed somebody. And you're crying because you're going to get in trouble for it? Fuck you. Also, I don't know, based on the video, did it seem like he was trying to get away? Because it seemed to me, and again, this is just like, it's hard to watch that, that video. video. I've only seen horrible. it. Yeah, I've yeah. only seen it the one time. But it seemed to me like that was an intentional someone driving into someone and then trying to it was like and then full trying speed to get, and then he fucking yeah. backed out and like it hit more people. Fuck him. Yeah, like this is not a dude that it's not a dude that I want to pay for to sit in jail. Like no, honestly, and I, I, you know, Torbel say that about someone who's. But again, like, yeah, it's, nah, it's like I'll play God action. in this situation. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Um, I really like, and the thing that that bothers me about this is that this trial is going to go on and I'm going to have to hear more of this shit and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about your stupid Hitler fetish and like you I mean it's important though to make a, an it is have, for people to have a fair trial. I, yeah, the importance it, but is, it's fucking painful. The importance is that I feel this way. Yeah. But but it is like not only like Charlotte's still wounded this country but then we're still fucking not healing from it because yeah. we still have to Go through the due process, which, you know, it's been a year since it happened. Yeah. The trial's just starting. And it's probably, you are right, it's probably going to drag on for at least half a year to a year, if and, not longer. And it bothers it bothers me a lot. And to me, like, I'm going to get a lot of fucking, I'm a lot of people angry about this if they're still listening. But, like, to me, Charlottesville is, like, the, if you were trying to, take a take a fucking snapshot right like of what trump has done to this country it's not the fucking economy it is not the like there are i will acknowledge to you that there are there are good things and not everything when i said earlier that everything that he touches is shit like that was a punchline right yeah i don't believe that everything that he touches is shit i do think that if i am what I will remember of the Trump presidency is Charlottesville. The unite the right yeah. crap that we didn't have. And you can already say it's petered out. Like the unite the right too. No one showed up. No, like it's, it's not the, it, but we didn't, it have, wasn't the rallying cry. They thought it would be. No, we didn't have fucking the clan. The, like the real, like we didn't have real Nazis fucking walking down the goddamn street under previous presidents. Um, because we pushed them under rocks and shit, which is where they should fucking be. And where they're back now, it seems. Um, or on Twitter. Not really. Shit. The, yeah, but that is like, I don't, I know that there was hateful shit before Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't what Obama endured, the racist, you're I, not from this country because you're black. I don't remember seeing so much of it so fucking out there. Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Charlottesville did seem like, the, always, the thing is, he, like, he justified the he justified both sides, and like, I don't. That is always like, going to be a sticking point. I will, that, that was the first blunder, right? I will never. 
I will never be on the side of Antifa because I will never be on the side of people who say we need to be violent to solve this. That being said, I very much buy into your theory that being part of a group that is there to hate people and being part of a group that is there to oppose that are very different. Neither one of them is better than the other for being violent and being willing to be violent. But the ideology is better. Is, on, it's it's clearly important. better on one side. Yeah, and I don't think that you can sit there and justify and say that I, there I were don't good like people, people on both sides because no, on one side there wasn't. Like, yeah. and now I'm remember, not saying they're, all, they're horrible or they're murderous people did, on like that. Rem- all of them were, but there are definitely people who have twisted more. Remember now views too, about white nationalism because I know that we are like we are forgetting that what Charlottesville started as it was a monument takedown protest. Mm-hmm. So there were there were not you, there were more than just the unite the right people there. My argument when I say that I the thing that sucks about the Trump era is that I have to justify what the fuck I'm talking about. When we all know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm talking about the tiki torch carrying motherfuckers. Like the people who were willing to be violent. I don't think that the people that showed up because they were upset that the statue was get, or that the monument was going to get taken down, I don't think they were the ones that brought fucking bats. I don't think they yeah. were the ones that were willing to be violent. And I'm pretty sure if those those kind of protesters saw the people spewing, right. you know, spitting vile everywhere they're not going to go and join them there's going to be right. three pro you know and if donald trump wanted to be fucking careful about how he made that statement he should have said that there were no good people on either side like because and then specified that he was talking about the violence or what any other president like there's a reason why politicians like we make fun of them for saying the same thing because whether a republican or democrat any other president would have said of course Racism and hatred is horrible, and right. violence is horrible. We condemn, and blah, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, and then go on to say that because the, you know it just Trump speaks out the top of his head, and which never a good thing. But he, I don't think it's just that. I think he knows that he has to. I think he knows that the tiki torch carrying people are part of his base, and he can't lose their vote. Yeah, I mean he's not gonna lose their vote because he's a racist piece of shit. So like he was not going to lose their vote. But that's what his thinking is. That's why he can't hear you when you say David Duke's name. So, yeah, it's he needs their support when it's convenient, but not enough to. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess he does. Isn't it... he plays to them? Like yeah. he does, and like, and that's an era of politics that I don't want to fucking be at anymore. So, as far as fuckhead goes, like. I like I don't care what you do with him, but I don't want to pay for him to eat. So get rid yeah. of him because like uh, I don't need him. So, I'm curious what the sentence will be, um, because it was such a the nations are the nations going to be watching what his sentence is, and mm-hmm. it, it could very easily lead to a more unrest or more protest. Yeah, so I'm curious. I, I don't know. I, I personally I, think they're going to throw the book at him, and he's going to get. I don't. Time. I, here's why I don't think, though, that we really have that to worry about the protest or whatever. I think that at least in this situation, at at this point in that story, the which side you should be on as far as the outcome of this dude is so cut and dry that like if you are on the wrong side of it, you're not accidentally what, on the wrong is side it of Richard it. Richard Spencer, the fucking the alt right, the guy who coined the term, or whatever. 
Uh, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. He's he, he even like distanced himself from this dude. Like even the the yeah, the it's hard torch. to it's hard to not distance yourself from a because guy who actually lose, killed someone. You're gonna lose followers. People will follow hatred, but they're not gonna follow me going to prison over this shit. And Most people, people people don't really follow hatred either. Like if you I have seen things from like. People who have who it's were the part of the isn't it? who of, were part of the clan and denounced themselves. It's more about like victimizing yourself. Like this is why we can't live in society with that group of people because this is what this they is do why to we're, us. This is where all my jobs went. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about bl- victimizing yourself. It's like, blaming someone else for your failure. Yeah, or basically. your inability to do as well as you think. Yeah, to achieve the American dream. When in actuality, if you just put the meth pipe down, like you'd probably be okay. So, um. All right, I don't want to finish with Charlottesville because that's not like because that's not how I should send you off. You might not turn on the next episode. Although I couldn't blame you. So <laughs> let's talk Ivanka Trump for a second because this story is just too fucking funny not to finish with, right? Ivanka Trump and had a little email mishap, and it's eerily familiar. Um, so. She's in trouble for using her for using a private server to send uh, emails in the early days of the administration. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Drink. Does that sound familiar to you? I think it might. It should. I think it should. Should to all of us because we heard that hammered into our heads. Now she that actually birthed the lock her up <laughs> chance, I believe. Yeah. Um. This is just stupid. Like. Can it be 2020 already? Just so I don't, like, the show will be less funny. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, it'll be less funny because it won't be this easy to do. The greatest part about this entire fucking story is the fact that the excuses are literally 100% the same. Um, I couldn't do it better than Trevor Noah and Comedy Central could. So I think that I'm just going to play you a little bit right now. But it sums it up so nicely. Yeah, the the Daily Show did a a really nice job with this. So let's let's hear some of this for a second. And you know what's amazing here? You know what's amazing is that not only is Ivanka's email scandal similar to Hillary's, but the excuses sound the same too. They're all stored on the White House system. So everything has been preserved, everything's been archived. They were captured and preserved immediately on the system at the State Department. All part of the public record. Public for everyone to see. And there's no prohibition from using private email. It was allowed, others had done it. We all have private emails and personal emails to coordinate with our family. Private personal emails. Emails about planning Chelsea's wedding, as well as yoga routines, family vacations, the other things you typically find in inboxes. Lock them up. Lock them up. Have them share a cell. Make it a reality show. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than that, right? Trevor Noah is getting so good. Well, He's... and, like, the tapes don't lie. <laughs> They're literally the exact same fucking excuses the whole way through. And it's... The, the story would be funny if the entire story wasn't the punchline. Like, at this point... I'm just ready for 2020 so I don't have to deal with this fucking family anymore, so I don't have to deal with this base anymore that's fucking... That does, so you say that, but 2020 is going to be 2016 Part 2. 
yeah, only I'm going to be more mad about it because I'm going to be like, ah, I actually have to risk this shit. Like, in 2016, it was, like, ignorant. It, well, in 2016, ignorant. it was us saying, do you not see what's going to happen? Right. In 2020, it'll be us screaming, do you not see what has happened? <laughs> right. Well, in, in 2016, I think, like, at least going into that night, it was like, okay, but you know that your guy's not going to win, right? And now it's like... Okay, you know my guy's got to win, right? <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's just man. it does seem like, especially if you continue doing it after your father had invented the locker up chant. Like that's the thing that the, the, my my least favorite thing in all the politics right now that a sitting president would lead a crowd or let his crowd chant locker up. I don't think Bush would have done that to Clinton. Right. I don't, you know, I don't I just, see that happening because there was an air like I just can't, I can't stand this family. All of them. I can't. I can't stand it. Like, because like, because the nepotism is fucking hypocritical. The the I don't like children of presidents typically anyway because they get away with a lot of shit, and they just get handed shit because your father was president. But it's especially when they're in a somewhat hazily defined role in the pres in the pres you know the presidency. Yeah. They're getting paid to do what I'm not fucking sure except work on their private clothing line and get paid for, you know, months out of the time they're supposed to be a public civil servant. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm over the Trumps. So, yeah. so I, I do want to, I love American Oversight, which is the watchdog group that a lot of the, like, the, this kind of, like, Freedom of Information Act request comes from these people. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just, I like nonpartisan watchdog groups. They're, like, they're one of the things in America that I think is great because they end up catching a lot of this shit. Yeah. Um, just because they think to ask for it, and most people don't. Like, a, apparently, no reporter cared enough to to request this information, but they did because, fuck it. Why? If you request enough information to read through it, you're gonna find the shit yeah. that is just out in the open that they never thought anybody would check for. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and it's kind of like hiding in plain sight. I want, like if I was Ivanka, I would also think like, who would think I would use a private email server? That's the right. last thing they'll think I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd do. It's just to me though. It's not. It's like I know that I just I was I <laughs> continuously hard on the Trumps or whatever. It's yeah, but it is over. it's yeah. But it. I mean, Hillary Clinton did exactly the same thing. Every one of Hillary Clinton's answers, which was exactly the same as Ivanka's, was bullshit answer. Like we know that. So I'm not. Look, I'm not picking on Ivanka. I'm picking on politics. Like yeah. I'm. I'm just like. And, you know, even saying that, like, oh, I'm ready for 2020, 2020 is not going to change anything. We're just going to get the next person that bullshits us and lies to our face and talks to us like we're fucking kids and, like, we don't see what the fuck is happening. And then we're going to deal with a portion of the population that wants to believe it, so they fucking do, and a portion of the population that doesn't want to believe it, so they won't. And we're just going to keep yelling in fucking tin rooms and listening to ourselves. Listening to that cheap-ass echo. Yep. So, I don't know. I didn't pick on Melania this episode, so that's good for her. I think Mitch I might disagree, but we'll we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh no, I, Melania! I thought we were. I'm, yeah. No. The name I always get them confused. It's been two years, and I still not can, can, cannot keep them straight. That's all right. All women look the same. So, <laughs> hit that hashtag. I need to get this fucking board working because that that's a that's definitely a soundbite that needs to go in. Um. All right, I think we'll call it for the week. We will. I will say that we're probably going to get a couple of a couple more episodes in here quicker than the than the biweekly um, 
time schedule that we've been working with off and on here this year. The thing is, we had a, we had a Christmas episode that we recorded last year, and then like we do so often, we which not until recently because Frank's fucking cursed. I don't know, he pissed off a witch. Um, we had problems with technology early on in in the show, so by the time that we got the show edited, the Christmas episode edited last year, we were gonna get it out like midway through what January or something, it was or at like, the beginning of January. Yeah, it's yeah, too late for. Just doesn't make any damn sense. So we held those segments. I haven't listened to them for a year, so I do like I would. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna do a another episode for Christmas this year, but we might revisit some of that pipe, some of that in too, because I have a feeling here's my two bets. Frank Mitch also wasn't on that episode. If you remember, he was actually sick during that. Um, My bet for is that the audio doesn't sound great because we didn't really, we didn't really have down the system that we have down now until you broke us. And <laughs> that is currently down now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I have a feeling that we don't sound like we're as comfortable as we do now. Oh, I'm positive. It's going to be cringeworthy. Yeah. Cause you hadn't even been on the show that long. No, that was one of my, yeah. that must have been one of my first episodes or first step. That might've been why we scrapped it also. Cause I just sucked. <laughs> no, I doubt. I doubt that. Cause I, that was the case. I, we wouldn't have episodes. No, I, yeah, right. Like I like to make sure that I get all of the episodes where you guys suck and put them up. It makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> this, uh, this whole show is just my soapbox anyway. So long ego show. Right. Yep. So anyway, um, so yeah, we'll, I mean, check us out on iTunes. Keep up with us on Facebook. Facebook, actually, we've been doing pretty, we've been keeping pretty up with that. In fact, up until, if you want to know how fucking prepared we get for this show, up two hours ago, before we started recording, we were like, we really didn't know what the fuck we were going to talk about. And thank God that we actually are active on Facebook. I'm just, it was as simple as scrolling back through and being like, oh yeah, all this fucking shit happened. We have lives, we have kids, <laughs> I have kids. Frank gets to just hang out and do Woo! stuff. <sighs> Break equipment. <laughs> Break equipment, <laughs> yeah. Two studios worth, you fucker. Why do we even build them? We don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. So with that, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at TDAP2017. Episodes are available whenever the fuck we want to put them out. We'll probably get a few more out, like I said, in the next few weeks. We've got some announcements, too, coming up about the new year. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'll just tease that for now. We'll wait until we get everybody on. Um and try to get Jim back in next week if we can, which would be awesome. And see if we can, if we can, we'll try to get Mitch away from his fucking books. I'm convinced you guys just don't fucking like each other anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know we haven't been in the same room forever. We'll not be on the fucking show together anymore. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got. So here it is your alternative fact of the week. Be best bitches. Tonight, the first lady flexing her muscles. Melania Trump taking the unprecedented step of publicly calling for the firing of one of her husband's top advisors, Mira Ricardel. 
amid other clashes with the chief of staff, John Kelly, that are so significant it could lead to Kelly's departure. Seven people familiar with the situation tell NBC News Kelly has tangled with the first lady's team over everything from staffing issues to travel requests. One White House official telling NBC there have been instances where the East Wing staff were not treated as equals to the male-dominated decision makers in Chief Kelly's office. But in a statement, the first lady's spokesperson called the relationship with Kelly's staff very positive. Melania Trump acknowledging last month the White House can be a challenging environment. We always need to watch your back. And late today, the First Lady blasted the deputy to National Security Advisor John Bolton. That deputy, Mira Ricardel, spotted at a White House event with the president when the First Lady spokesperson released a statement about Ricardel saying, it is the position of the office of the First Lady that she no longer deserves the honor of serving in this White House. Multiple sources tell NBC News, Ricardel infuriated the First Lady by interfering with her first solo overseas trip to Africa. White House veterans say so much discord can be damaging.